today on Divine Truth Podcast. Folks, listen, there's only one truth, right? And you have it in your lap in the, in the form of the Word of God. That's the only truth. And when we talk about conforming, when we talk about conducting our life, when we talk about being controlled by the truth, we're talking about that you do nothing except what the Word of God says to do. This is the Divine Truth Podcast, a ministry of Emmanuel Baptist Church in beautiful Central Virginia. This podcast is for the purpose of teaching God's people through the verse-by-verse exposition live from the pulpit of Emmanuel Baptist Church. We pray that the Word of God richly blesses you as you hear it proclaimed. Uh, 2 John, uh, verse 1, where the Apostle John says, The elder unto the elect lady and her children... Whom I love in the truth, and not I only, but also all they that have known the truth. For the truth's sake, which dwelleth in us and shall be with us forever. Grace be with you, mercy and peace, from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, in truth and love. I rejoice greatly. That I found of thy children walking in truth as we have received a commandment from the Father. This is the word of God. Let's pray. Father, we ask you now, Father, that you would teach us your truth. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. We told you last week uh, about the ministry of a man by the name of William Telenek. And one of his primary concerns was the sanctification of God's people. Most of his writings and most of his sermons had to do with holiness, had to do with sanctification, becoming more like Christ. And even he preached to such a degree that it was even came to the point of frustration from some people that called themselves believers. But he was interested and vitally concerned with people being sanctified. And the goal, folks, of every believer should be sanctification in their own life. We should well be determined by the help of the Spirit of God to live the principles of the Word of God, to live our lives that are different than the world around us. Because the fact of the matter is, church, Christians should be different. Not in just what we proclaim, But in the way that we act, in the way that we talk, in the things that we do. Now I'm not talking about perfection. But we also need to understand this, that what should be the goal of every believer? The goal of every believer is to be like Christ, which is what? Perfection. In 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 16, the Apostle Peter says it very clearly because it is written, of course, quoting from the Pentateuch, because it is written, be ye holy for I am holy. And God's call for his people is that we be holy, we be set apart just like he is set apart. And while perfection is not attainable while we are in this body of flesh, 
the goal and purpose of every Christian should be Christ-likeness. The goal of William Telenek's ministry was to see people grow in holiness. His preaching and his writing aimed to do this at all times. And listen, folks, the key to the life of a person who is not dedicated to sanctification of their own lives is that they complain about the sanctification standards being too high. And the standard of sanctification is high, isn't it? Christ's likeness is high. And so the level of sanctification, the standard of sanctification is high because we are trying to conform or be conformed into the image of perfection of holiness. When we are shown from the Word of God, folks, what God expects of us. End of case, right? End of case. End of story. When we are shown clearly from the Word of God what God expects us to do, how God expects us to live, that should be end of case. And it's not a matter of that the standard is too high. Our response should be, yes, the standard may be high, but Father, I want to be like you, so help me meet that standard. And much of the time when people complain about a standard being too high, it's because there's something in their lives that's quite evidence, not scriptural, and they're not wanting to give it up. So instead of obedience to what the Word of God says, we mask our disobedience under the, under the umbrella of unattainability, under that standard, and then just continue to practice what very obviously should not be in our lives. And listen, church, we will never, in all of our Christian life, we will never understand what the standard of righteousness is without the truth. Without the truth. You say, well, pastor, you've been preaching on sanctification a lot these last few months because, listen, folks, unless God's people are sanctified, you're not going to go anywhere else. Unless we're sanctified, we're not going anywhere else in our Christian life. After salvation, sanctification is an ongoing process, so it's something that we need to ongoingly talk about, be reminded of. But we will never understand that standard of what true sanctification is, of what true Christ-likeness is without the truth. You are, I know, every one of you in this auditorium tonight, are passionate about the truth. And you know how I know that? Because you're here. You're here. And you, like me, am passionate about the truth. My whole life has been devoted to the truth. My whole ministry has been devoted to the truth. I, like you, am driven by the truth that is revealed in Scripture. Because by the truth... That is the only way that we will be able to attain the godliness for which God calls us to be. Listen, church, understand the call of sanctification is not my call, is it? The call of sanctification is not your call. The call of sanctification is the call of God. And it is the call of God upon the life of every believer. And John begins his second epistle by writing to what he referred to as the elect lady, speaking to her about the truth. Because as we saw the very first week, church, listen, it is the truth that connects the believers. 
we may not have anything else in common. We may not have any other likes between ourselves, but one of the things that we do have in common as believers is what, church? The truth. The truth. Because the truth is what connects us. The truth is what binds our hearts together. And if individual believers share nothing else in common, we at least share the commonality of the truth. John says that he loves this elect lady in verse 1. In what? The truth. I love you in the truth. The affection that John feels for this lady is because of their common love for the truth. I tell you folks all the time, and if I, I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've missed anybody in here, but I tell you folks all the time that I love you, right? And I do. If for no other reason. Now there are many reasons that I love every one of you all individually. Somebody said one time, said, Well, Pastor, who's your favorite church member? I said, I don't have one. And that's the truth. Because there are things that each of you have that are special to you. That you have that no one else has. But one of the things that, we, that I love about you all in commonality is the truth. You all love the truth. You defend the truth. You proclaim the truth. And church, listen, it is the truth that we need to understand. It is the truth that we need to defend. Because the truth is under relentless and endless assaults. And Paul and John says, I love you, elect lady, you chosen lady. I love you. In the truth. Because it is the truth that connects us together. It is the truth that binds us together. But it is also, verse 2, the truth that conforms believers as well. Because John says that the truth is with us forever. Jesus says that the flower fades and the grass withers, but the Word of our God does what, church? Abides forever. And it is the Word of God that is the truth. And it is the Word that lasts forever. Rulers come, rulers go. Pastors come, pastors go. Church members come, church members go. But one thing that remains the same at all times and forever, that is the truth. Truth is not subjective. Always remember that. Truth is not based upon us. We do not determine what is truth. We do not base truth on the facts of what makes us comfortable. But truth is always objective. Truth is found in one source, and one source only, and that is the Scriptures. God is the God of truth. And if you don't have the truth, you don't have God. Because God is only the God of the truth. 
And so to love, church, to love God supremely, we must have His truth objectively. Truth is not pragmatic. It is not based upon what works or, or, what, is, or what has positive results. Truth is clearly known. We used to live in our society, in, 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 a, in our world which was called, in our, in, our, in our realms of education, our realms of knowledge, we used to live in what was called a modern worldview on truth, or what called modernism. And that is truth can only be found in science. But now we live in what's called a postmodern view on truth, meaning that real truth cannot be fully known. No one has really got the truth. You have your truth, I have my truth, and your truth is just as accurate as my truth. And anyone dares tell you that you are wrong, they are labeled as unloving and divisive. But let me tell you something, if two people have got truth and their opposite opinion, somebody's wrong. Somebody's wrong, or both. Both of them can't be right. Because there's one truth found in one source, and that's the Word of God from the Holy Spirit who inspired it. And it is an objective truth. That truth, one and only truth, is found in the pages of God's Word. And that truth is what connects us. That truth is what conforms us. But as we saw last week, that that is also the truth that compensates us. It connects us, it conforms us, and it compensates us. What does it compensate us with, church? Grace, mercy, and peace. And this grace, mercy, and peace is from God the Father, John says in verse 3. He is from God the Father and from Jesus Christ, the Son of God. But there's a fourth area in which truth plays a role in our lives. And that is the truth controls believers the truth connects believers the truth conforms believers the truth compensates believers and the truth conforms or controls believers and given the fact of john's overwhelming dedication to the truth we're no we're not surprised at the praise that he gives in verse four look what john says there in verse four i rejoice greatly that i found of thy children Walking in what? Truth. Now we said to you the very first week, three weeks ago, when we started this book, that John is not talking to a church, although there are some good people that believe John's talking to a church. I take the word of God literally, and I, and I believe if John was talking to a church, he would have said the churches in this area. I believe whom John is writing to is an actual woman about her children. And, and what does he say about this woman? I love you in the truth. We are connected by the truth. We are conformed by the truth. We are compensated by the truth. And we are controlled by the truth. Because I rejoice greatly, John says, that I found of thy children walking in truth. Listen to me, folks. I believe it goes without saying. Listen very carefully. It goes without saying. That when mom and dad walk in truth, then it makes it far more likely that their children will walk in truth. But if mom and dad do not walk in truth, then it is far more likely that their children will not walk in truth. 
The word walk is a Greek word, peripateo, and it literally means to conduct one's life, to behave oneself. And this would be an indication of how these people should live their lives. They live their lives by conducting them, being controlled by the truth. And listen, nothing brings a greater joy into the heart of a pastor than to know that the people to whom he is ministering are conducting their lives in the truth. It brought John joy to see this lady and her children exceeding joy to find that this lady and her children conducting their life in the truth. Folks, listen, there's only one truth, right? And you have it in your lap in the, in the form of the Word of God. That's the only truth. And when we talk about conforming, when we talk about conducting our life, when we talk about being controlled by the truth, we're talking about that you do nothing except what the Word of God says to do. Our lives are controlled by that truth. The truth consumed these people. The truth controlled these people. And that's how you and I should live. You and I should live our life controlled, consumed by truth. And we find our, when we're consumed and controlled by truth, we find ourselves offended when the truth is assaulted. You want, to, you want me to tell you honestly? Of course you do. It's one of those stupid questions. You want to know honestly why I pick on the TBN guys? It's not because I get a big kick out of picking on the TBN guys, but I'm offended when the truth is assaulted. I'm offended when the truth is assaulted. Now, that's not to say that everybody on TV and assaults the truth because there is a little light in the darkness there. But by and large, I am offended when the truth is assaulted. We need to be so controlled by the truth that we are offended when God's truth is maligned. The truth of God's Word is to be alive in us. We need to be controlled by that truth. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12 and verse 50, For whosoever shall do the will of my Father which is in heaven, the same is my brother and sister and mother. And see, that is being controlled by the truth. And believers whose lives are consumed by the truth of God's Word live their lives by that truth. They don't compromise truth. And the truth that they believe causes them to live faithfully in their, in their life. Because the truth of Scripture, folks, informs the rest of the way that we live. We believe in the truth. Therefore, we live the truth and live in truth. John goes on in verse 4. I rejoice greatly that I found of thy children walking in truth as we have received a commandment from the who? What's the source of truth? 
from, that is the word of God that is from who? The Father. The Father. You know why we need to be so dogmatic about the truth? You want to know why we should be bull dogmatic about the truth? It's because, church, the truth is from the Father. That's what John says. As we have received a commandment from the Father. And that commandment is synonymous with the truth. And the truth that he praises this woman that her children walk in is the commandment received from the Father. And he lifts up this lady as a, as a pure testimony of walking in the truth because her children are walking in the truth. Because obedience to God's truth isn't optional, is it? It's not optional. I said Sunday morning that I fear that in a lot of, a lot of places, Christians, so many Christians, so much of the time are satisfied with their level of Christianity, their level of spiritual commitment. Well, God, I'm going to give you this, but I'm not going to really give you any more. I'll, I'll do this, but I'm really not going to do anymore. Listen, what should be, if we're going to live in the truth, what should be our response to God's will? Whatever you say to me, what? I'll do it. I'll do it. Because obedience to God's truth it's not an option. And that's not a statement, folks, of, uh, uh, of pounding you into submission, of pounding me into submission. That's a statement, folks, that for the child of God, whose heart is truly right before God, that's just the desire of their heart, isn't it? Man, the desire. No one has to, listen, the child of God who was who is spiritually right with God, whose heart is free of known sin and whose heart is right before God, it's not a matter of having to be pounded on your head to live by the truth. Your attitude is, is listen, I want to live by the truth. I want to know the truth and live by it. You don't have to tell me, Pastor, that the truth is optional. I long to live by the truth. Not only because that's the right thing to do, and I know that that brings honor and glory to the Lord, and that's the desire of my heart, but at the same time, I want those that are watching my life to walk in the truth because I walked in the truth. I want my children to walk in the truth because I walked in the truth. I want my grandchildren to walk in the truth. I can't believe I'm a grandfather. I want my grandchildren to walk in the truth because I walked in the truth. I want you. My, my beloved church members, to walk in the truth because I walked in the truth. I want every student in that academy to walk in the truth because they saw in me and my wife and Mrs. Panther and Mrs. Snyder that we walk in the truth. Because it's not an option. It's not an option. John Stott said, quote, God has not revealed His truth in such a way as to leave... To leave us free at our pleasure to believe or disbelieve it. To obey it or disobey it. Revelation carries with it responsibility. And the clearer the revelation, the greater the responsibility to believe and obey it. End quote. In other words, God did not give us this book 
and say, okay, well, obey it if you want or disobey it if you want. It doesn't really matter. No, God gave us his book with the responsibility to obey what this book says because this book is the truth. And the truth is all we've got, church. The truth is all we've got. And the truth is something that no one can ever take away from us as long as God's people defend the truth. But thankfully, there'll always be a remnant because, of, because truth isn't going away because God's word isn't going anywhere. The ringing tones of this letter could not be any clearer. And we've just got through the first four verses. But the ringing tones of this letter could not be any clearer. It is a call for believers to live consistently the truth that they believe. The only true basis for unity in the church is the truth of God's word. That is why the truth connects us. The truth conforms us. The truth compensates us. The truth controls us. Keep this in your mind, folks. This is, the on, this is only for those churches and Christians who are firmly planted on the solid foundation of the truth, who will be able to withstand the storms of persecution, temptation, and false doctrine that are constantly under attack. You know why so many Christians crumble and fall? And we could come up with a plethora of reasons, but the number one reason, I believe, why so many Christians crumble and fall in their walk with the Lord is because they did not stand on the truth. They did not stand on the truth. What does John say? The elder unto the chosen or the elect lady whom I love in the truth. And not only I, but also all they that have known the truth. For the truth's sake, which dwelleth in us and shall be with us forever. Grace be with you, mercy and peace from God the Father and, the Lord Je and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, in truth and love. I rejoice greatly that I found that thy children walking in truth. Folks, listen, it should tell us something very clearly that in the first four verses of this letter, John uses the word truth six times in four verses. He uses the word truth. I think he's trying to tell us something. And that is that we need to live in truth. Stand firm, firmly planted on the truth of God's word. And if you do that, then it is that Christian and it is that church that stands firmly on the truth that will be able to withstand the storms, temptations, persecutions, and false doctrine that are constantly being assailed on the, tr on the truth. I don't need to tell you folks that the truth is under relentless and endless assault, but the problem is the truth is under relentless and endless assault by those people that claim to be evangelicals. You and I need to stand firm on the truth. Always be planted. Always stay firm and stay planted on the truth. Never let it go. Never give it up.
Thank you for listening to Divine Truth Podcast. We pray that the Word of God has been a spiritual blessing to your soul. For more information about Emmanuel Baptist Church, please visit our website at www.ebcmineral.com. You can also find us on our Facebook page at Emmanuel Baptist Church. Our Lord's Day services are 10 and 11 a.m., as well as 6.30 p.m. We also have a Wednesday service at 6.30 p.m. We here at Emmanuel Baptist Church pray that the message of God's divine truth would always go from the cross, through the church, to the world, until Christ come. God bless you.